Hi, everyone. In this special episode of the Volunteer Plain Talk podcast, the always insightful Rob Jackson of Rob Jackson Consulting and I just chat. And we did this yesterday, Monday, the 23rd of March. We chat about coping, challenges, and opportunities, and of all things, the wisdom of the Muppets. In the show notes, you will find links to as many resources as I can link to, and you'll also find them on my website, volunteerplaintalk.com. So in this time, be safe, be well, and waka waka. Rob, thanks so much for being on Volunteer Plane Talk. My How pleasure. Are- I'm just, I'm just really sorry it's got to this point in the world before I've been able to make it onto the podcast. <laughs> I know. I'm sure the, you're the first one I thought of. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have got to talk to Rob because for one thing, I mean, how many, not to try to get model in here, but how many yeah. cancellations are you suffering as far as going to volunteer conferences and things like that? So right now, every piece of work that I had scheduled between uh, the middle of last week and the beginning of June has been postponed with one cancellation, which could be a postponement. Um, So uh, right now, the next thing that is in my diary is to be at the uh, Marva conference in Minnesota in the first week of June and points of light the week after that. And I strongly suspect those two events are going to be reconfigured or removed from the calendar. And then I'm also supposed to be in Australia and a little bit in New Zealand for five weeks mainly in October this year, and I'm going to make a decision about that in July. But right now, um, put it this way, when people call me up and say, have you got any time in your diary? The reply is, I've only got time in my diary. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is all I have. <laughs> <laughs> this is all I have. So this week actually has ended up being really busy with phone calls because obviously, you know, we arranged to have this conversation um uh, ncdo one of our, our volunteering peak bodies here in the uk are doing a, a briefing later on this afternoon i'm offering to do things for um for networks that i'm involved with and, and individuals that i work with on a one-to-one basis because it's it, I, I think leaders of volunteers are in a really interesting position at the moment number one a lot of us are having to work from home which the vast majority of people haven't really had any experience of before and that can add stress and and uncertainty to it uh and then we're also having to uh deal with this workforce that we normally deal with day in day out at far more of a distance than we normally do and many of whom are not able to continue to serve in the way that they would like to because of the restrictions around who is uh, is and isn't allowed out of um, quarantine and isolation so um I think anything that, that we can do to support people and give them uh, even just a place to vent, a place to pick up the phone and go, ah, just is really, I mean, you know, your your article last week, I thought was really, really helpful in that respect of just, you know, hey. making sure that we look after ourselves and uh, and people look after this. I, I've had nine years of working from home. I'm used to it. This is, this mm-hmm. is no different. Um, 
but a lot of people are in a very difficult position at the moment and um yeah we, yeah. Need, to be, we need to pull together as a field and support each other working from home is not anywhere close to what we do because we're so what i call people saturated yeah. we're yeah. so saturated with people skills and so can we employ those eh, maybe on the phone with a volunteer but it's something we're completely not used to yeah and i and i think i think unfortunately in a lot of organizations uh, I, I'm getting this sense of the chickens coming home to roost. That there are a lot of volunteer managers who are probably feeling quite impeded in their ability to do their work because for however long their organisation has refused to invest in a proper volunteer management system that right mm-hmm. now would actually help them get their work done much more. And I think there's a, it's not taking a criticism now is not the time to criticise people, but it's an observation that I think... Um, the challenges that our profession are facing today and will face over the course of the coming months would have been so much less if many more organisations had taken investment of time, effort and money in volunteering as a strategic priority much more seriously longer ago. And, you know, it's easy to say that with hindsight, but, um, you know, I think I think this there's a there's a moment here for us when we when we get past the Right. Immediacy of dealing with what we're all having to deal with to really have an opportunity to do more powerfully some of that advocacy that the likes of you and me and others in our field have been calling for uh, over a number of years. Um, yeah. I think there's some real opportunities, but now is not the time for that. Yeah, I agree. I was, you know, I was in thinking about talking with you uh, this morning and, of course, this afternoon for you. I had an idea that I would ask you, you know, about the future. And I thought, no, you know, I'm kind of liking this period of time right now yeah. as and and this is Monday. So this will go out Wednesday. So this is going to be very, very um, timely. I, w- I, I kind of liken this to you fall into quicksand and all you can think about is getting out of the quicksand. You're not mm-hmm. sinking, thinking to yourself, gee, they should have put a bridge here. So I wanted yeah. to ask you, um, but go ahead. But I wanted to ask you, how do you get through, you personally get through tough times? Yeah, well, let, let me just pick up the, the point about the quicksand and the bridge, because I think you, I think you're absolutely right. And I think there's a couple of things that, that I want to I want to say on that one just very, very quickly to kind of close that off. Sure. Uh, I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. But I, I, I think we all need to be as as the new normal becomes normal for us over the course of the next few weeks and months. I think we need to be looking for opportunities to do that thinking. Everybody, all of us, whether we're a consultant or a volunteer manager, we need to be doing that thinking now so that we're prepared for when we come out of the other side because I can guarantee you when we come out of the other side of this the first thing that most of our organizations are going to be doing quite understandably is putting even more effort than they ever have done before into fundraising because so many organizations incomes have just taken a nosedive in the last week and and if we're not ready if we're not ready with with why we need to be talking about volunteers um will miss the boat but i also think there's a really important role for uh us who are consultants who are maybe not day in day out um focused on the realities of having to cope with volunteer engagement in these challenging times where 
our capacity perhaps has been freed up quite considerably over the course of the next few weeks, that we need to be doing some of that thought leadership ourselves. And we need to be doing some of that thought leadership so that we're ready to help the sector think about these things, because we're not going out and doing training. We're not giving addresses at conferences. We're not going into the consultancy meetings that we were. So let's use our time sensibly and and help get our profession ready. Let's help get ourselves ready for the future. And for me, linking into the second part of that, in these immediate tough times, that's how I think I need to stay uh, I, I will cope with it is is because there's there may not be the day to day, but there are plenty of things that need doing. I mean, from the completely mundane like my year end accounts. Oh, joy. I have more time to work on those <laughs> through to some of that more thought leadership stuff. Um, you know, that that's where we need to be focusing on, because otherwise we're going to be going stir crazy watching daytime TV and uh, and staring at the same four walls. I, I love these things that are out at the moment about I'm deciding where to go on vacation this year. Is it going to be my my spare room or my attic? You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we, we need to try and avoid those kinds of getting into that mindset. And for me, that's kind of where I'm putting my effort is in saying to people, look, if you need somebody to talk to, if I can help the networks that I'm a part of, then that keeps me busy, it keeps me focused, and it helps other people. I mean, that's the helping nature of, of who we are and in, in our field, isn't it? So, um, yeah, it's not much of an answer, but that, at the moment, that's my immediate thoughts about how I'm going to get through this. No, actually, that's a, that's a brilliant answer, and I hadn't thought about it in that way, so thank you. And I think if I can just add to it and and tell me if I'm misreading. In other words, instead of us all sitting around going, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? You know, I'm in quicksand. I'm just, uh, ah. how about maybe start a journal, start jotting down some ideas, start jotting down observations, start planning for the future. And that takes our mind off of the uncertainty off of, and it's, it's hopeful and it's planning and it's, it's making something out of a very tough situation. So I love that. I I mean, there's been a few memes doing their ends on the internet recently about this is the point at which we're all going to realise we don't have a book within ourselves. But (laughs) that may may be true of a novel, but, you know, kind of slightly snarkily, one of the things that I I hope is that we're not going to struggle, for example, with submissions to e-volunteerism for the next three or four years, because there'll be so much that people have to write about and and reflect on from this experience. And that is those that have the time. There are a lot of people who are just even more than ever head down coordinating volunteer efforts to help our communities. Um, The other way, just as a a reflection on how I'm going to try and kind of deal with things over the course of the next few weeks is I'm I'm already looking to do uh, some volunteering that I wasn't doing before. So our local food bank uh, has got a shortage of volunteers because most of their volunteers are of an age group that they've been told to stay home for 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're now very short of volunteers and that then has a, an impact on their ability to get food and services out to some of the most vulnerable in the community. Meantime, I'm suddenly finding myself in a position where I've got a lot more free time in the day. So it only makes sense for me to kind of practice what I preach and get in there and volunteer with people. And I, and I think 
I think, again, for those of us that are in that position, it may be more those of us who are self-employed or freelancing or consultants. And that's a very tangible way in which we can uh, we can help and support and provide additional capacity to the organisations that are looking after our communities right now. Yeah. And and I'm also uh, so impressed by some of the very innovative things that I'm seeing out there uh, utilizing volunteers. So maybe a lot of good in that that arena will come out of it in in more innovative forward thinking versus just plodding along the way we have for so long. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, the number of people already asking for advice and information on that I've seen on Twitter about, on Facebook about how do I develop virtual volunteering opportunities and, and how can I use the technology to support this kind of stuff? I think we're going to see a big explosion in those kinds of things. It's amazing, I think, what we will discover in a in a few months' time that we always thought we were being held back from because of the risk that it may go wrong where that risk now pales into insignificance against the risk of not doing something. Um, And I think we'll find a whole pile of doors opened as a result of that. Yeah, I love that. And and those are the things that uh, as we compile them and as you say, the risk of not doing something versus the risk of trying something becomes this is where it's at. This is where volunteers and, and their skills and their passions and their, their ideas and their their entrepreneurial spirit needs to be harnessed and tapped into and celebrated and, and put forward. And so maybe something really good will come out of something really frightening. Yeah, I mean, I, I always joke here in the UK that the semi-seriously, but the, the only time in my lifetime volunteering has really been cool and sexy and popular was after the 2012 Olympic Games. And I, I think I've seen more narrative in the media about volunteers and volunteering in the last couple of weeks than even happened around the Olympics. And I hope in this country, uh, this experience will wake a lot of people up to how important volunteers are in society. And because uh, it's quite hidden here, I think, compared to the US. And I think I think a lot of people are would never consider themselves to be volunteers, but they absolutely are volunteers who are starting up their own neighborhood groups to look after vulnerable people in their community and starting their own Facebook groups to to coordinate resources and support and all of those. And and I, I hope when all of this is over, that general community mindedness spirit will continue. But I hope that will lead some of those people to to think about volunteering away from coronavirus and COVID-19 causes mm-hmm. in their community. My, my anxiety about that is that here are these people who, through their smartphones, are setting up all these wonderful networks to have a big impact on their community. And then in six, nine, 12 months, they come to our organisations and they face an eight-page application form and criminal record checks and references, and it's just too much for them. Right. And they walk away. So I think there's going to be a big challenge for us in in adapting our approaches. Uh, it, I see so much in this that's going to force us to do the things that um, we've been talking about and we've been hearing about us needing to do by way of change for 15, 20 years. And I think this is going to really force some of that change. And I think that's a that, that, that's a good thing, ultimately. Um, mm-hmm. The hard work doesn't just stop when COVID-19 goes away. 
No, no. Actually, a whole new set of hard work is going to come down the pike for us. So we have to gear gear up for that. And you're so right. And I think on the other side or on the flip side, starting to capture the benefits of volunteering through a crisis to people who do volunteer and are, are able to say, I've taken something and made it into something that filled up my soul with goodness, uh, is going to be a message as well as we look at society and say we're materialistic, we're this, we're that, we're at each other's throats, and we're doing all these kind of crazy things. This is maybe the remedy. I mean, that's simplistic, yeah. but... This is like the, the, the science fiction trope of the alien invasion, in that it's something that's uniting the whole of humanity together yeah. to tackle it, rather than uh, rather than us being at each other's throats all the time. And so that's probably a little bit pie in the sky. But mm-hmm. I think there's a degree of truth to it. There is a degree of truth uh, to that. You know, when we have a common enemy then you put aside your differences. And so you think about the World War II, or I think about the World War II generation. And and, and and right now, what we can do for the common good is sit on our couches and watch Netflix. So it's not like we're being asked <laughs> to do a lot. <laughs> I think if it is about uniting against the global enemy, though, if, if we start to see Bill Pullman considering a run for president in November <laughs> and making speeches about Independence Day, then we really need to worry. <laughs> <laughs> and and he'll take along Jeff Goldblum with him. <laughs> Those two together, I'm like, I'm in with you, you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Pullman Goldblum for president. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, it's so funny. And and I love that movie, but uh, it it appeals to better side of human nature. And I think I think volunteer managers kind of live that world. We just sort of see the good and in most everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, And I think if we don't do that, both as as a as a profession but also as a society we we miss opportunities in this current climate i mean there's somebody i know um who is trying to make an effort in the community where they live to to stop people being quite so harsh towards the the hoarders and the panic buyers that seem to have spread around our community because Whilst I don't agree with it, I can understand that mentality of wanting to look after your family and protect them. And I think there are a lot of those people who are possibly now seeing the empty shelves and the impact that's having on on healthcare workers and and other essential kind of key workers at the moment. And probably, I hope, I hope, because I'm a believer in the positive aspect of human nature, I hope some of those hoarders are now regretting their choices. But But as long as we keep vilifying them for what they've done, they're never going to feel comfortable turning around and saying, look, I've now got, you know, 10 years worth of supply of toilet roll. I'd be happy to share it out because we're just making them feel negative about what they've done the entire time. And I and I think, you know, as a as a profession, as a community, it's incumbent upon us to look for the positive 
in some of these kind of things because if we don't we're missing opportunities to redistribute some of the resources around our communities that are much needed at the moment i agree wholehearted with you i think the easiest thing in the world when you're feeling like things are out of control is to lash out at anyone and everyone that that is just so easy so maybe volunteer managers should be in charge of the world what do you think i think that's an absolutely (laughs) excellent idea uh, I think I think they should make up the parliaments and governments of the world. I will not put forward names for who should be leading those governments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, either. I, I, I'm just weary of the whole thing. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I keep looking at this. Uh, last last Wednesday would have been um, Susan Ellis's birthday, and it's just mm. the year after we lost Susan. But, uh, I keep thinking, you know, what would and for those listening who don't know who Susan is where have you been all your life um but she was she was uh until she died last February she was one of the big great leaders of our field and I keep wondering what her perspective on all of this would have been and I think that's a useful thing to 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 think about and to consider this situation from perspectives other than our own and other than our own immediate organization and community and society challenge and looking at it from different perspectives so that when we find those different angles on it, we can look for the good that can come out of that. And we can look for creative ways that we can help and be innovative mm-hmm. in this situation. We could start the uh, hashtag or whatever you want to call it. What would Susan do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we could pretend uh, you, especially because you, you and she have been working together many, many years you could kind of go into her mind and yeah. and come up with, well, this is what Susan would do in this, this situation. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm really pleased to see some of the things. I mean, volunteer match. I've got a call scheduled for tomorrow, Tuesday, yesterday, by the time this goes out. The wonders of mm-hmm. time travel and technology. Uh, <laughs> and NCDO have got one this afternoon. And, uh, you know, I think it's great to see how our field uh, and how our, our kind of sector the, the, the kind of language isn't there really is looking for the ways that we can support and help each other what concerns me is those parts of the world that don't have such a strong network they don't have an alive they don't have a national alliance they don't have a volunteer match they don't have an ncvo uh, and how we can support those colleagues uh, uh in their in their communities to actually be able to to not only survive but thrive through this and and, and, and deploy that volunteer effort where it's needed most to make a difference to people. Throughout my career, always the peer group meetings or getting together with other people like me helped me more than anything. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're so right. We just need to support one another, even if it's just to vent, even if it's just to say, today, I can't do this anymore. Okay, take a break. You know, okay, you're not alone. Okay, it's overwhelming. Okay, it's okay to feel the way you feel because sometimes we feel so helpless. And it doesn't always have to be a a huge crisis like we have right now. Sometimes it's an individual volunteer who you can't do anything about their situation but listen, and that helpless feeling creeps in. But you know what? You're doing something. You're there. You care. So 
yeah, supporting each other in the tremendous amount of emotional connections we have, I think is so critical. That's absolutely essential. I mean, as you said last week in your article, we're very good at looking after everybody else, but we need to look after ourselves in this as well and um, and how we do that. But it also has a practical value as well. I mean, you know, when I think about the food bank here, there's probably a lot of volunteers over 70 who, who now can't turn out and help at the food bank. Mm-hmm. but uh, are very comfortable with technology. They're used to using Skype and social media to communicate with their, their kids and grandkids and are becoming even more familiar with it in the current climate as well. And there may be another organisation in the community that could really use that time and resource to, you know, in, in through virtual volunteering and online service to both harness the talents of those people but also give those people something to do whilst they're locked away at home for 12 weeks. But if we don't have those connections between our organisations and if we don't have those connections with other volunteer managers in our community, um, not only is our mental health going to suffer over the over the coming few weeks and months, but also we're not going to seize those other opportunities to connect and help organisations find new ways of working. So, Yeah, I, I agree with you com- completely. And I think it goes back to volunteer sustainability versus mm-hmm. volunteer retention. Mm-hmm. Why, why do we want to retain and hoard volunteers for our organizations when we need to be looking at how do we sustain volunteers and increase their involvement and share them with other organizations? Or why can't organizations actually look and say, you know what, my client probably also uh, takes advantage of your services. So we kind of share people in the community. It's not like, oh, well, now I'm a patient. Oh, now I get meals on wheels. Oh, now. No, these are people in our community and we can pretty much serve everybody by maybe being a little more friendly and communicative and sharing with one another. It reminds me of something Carl Wilding, who's the chief executive of uh, the National Council for Voluntary Organisations here, said recently, which is that we need to remember that they are not our volunteers. We are their organisation. That is so beautifully put. And we need to be looking out for their needs and their welfare, their being and uh, their talents and skills and where they can be best utilized instead of, well, where can we slot them? What role do I have that I have to, you know, fill today? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Rob, do you have any quotes that you live by? Any kind of... (laughs) (laughs) The the first one that pops into my head every time, not that I get asked that question a lot, Yes. every time I hear that kind of question asked, there's a brilliant one from the Muppets, which is Miss Piggy, never eat more than you can lift. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Okay. why does that not surprise me that you would reference the Muppets? (laughs) So, yeah, it's just the first one that pops into my head when you ask that question, which... And I've just had my lunch as well, so it shouldn't be too much of a problem. <laughs> Was it more than you could learn? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so funny. I love that. Uh, never okay. eat more than you could lift. <laughs> 
good on this, Peggy. Um, yeah. That reminds me, I was once, okay, I probably shouldn't share this, but I'm just going to go ahead and share it anyway. I was once with my uh, sister-in-law and uh, way long time ago, and we went to a club and um, there was a hypnotist there. And so he hypnotized us and he asked us to be <laughs> a character that we most admired. And I chose Miss Piggy. Nice one. <laughs> Why I don't know. I mean, subconsciously she can. So there you go, Miss Piggy. Yeah, yeah. I remember. <laughs> I remember. Kind of remember trying to do Miss Piggy's voice, and it was just like so bad. <laughs> well, you know, if nothing, if nothing else, we have to give people a reason to smile at the moment, and hopefully, we just have. <laughs> the world according to Miss Piggy. There yeah, you know. exactly. Or, or what would Miss Piggy do? They would have that. What too? Gosh. In all seriousness, about a week or two ago, I just had this overwhelming desire to reread for probably about the thirtieth time, uh, the Lord of the Rings. Ah, and, yeah. and I've been reading that because that is my favorite. I mean, I'm just a Tolkien nut. That is my favorite book of all time. And so I started reading, and and I'm finding, I don't know, a lot of comfort in it, and. Just at night, I'll read it right before I go to bed, and it just it, it just gives me a great deal of comfort. So maybe out there, find find what you're familiar with that's comfortable, yeah. and and your old stuffed animal, or and sometimes just go ahead and hug it, and 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 go ahead and let go, and have those feelings, and and get some yeah. comfort wherever you can. There's a there's a guy I follow, a guy called Josh Spector, who I think is out in California, who runs a weekly newsletter called For the Interested. Mm-hmm. And it's about productivity and all of these kinds of things. And um, uh, he in his latest newsletter that came out yesterday, he's got an article, um, 45 things to remember when the world gets scary. Uh, and he does this every year for his birthday. So this year he was he was 45. So he does a post of a, a list of things with the same number of things as his birthday. And some of them really struck home for me in, in the situation that we face at the moment. One was, you know, that we, we and I've seen it in, in other things on social media. We've still got our favourite records. We've still got our favourite books, The Lord of the Rings. So for a bit of familiarity in the current situation, you know, we're always saying we never get enough time to listen to music or read or whatever. Put your favourite album in, dig out your favourite book um, and, and just just do that. But there were three that I thought really struck home with me and I, sh- I shared these on my personal Facebook today. Um, the unknown is scary, but it's not new. You've never actually known what was going to happen next. You just <laughs> convinced yourself that you did. I like that. Um It seems like a long time ago that things were normal. The moment we're in now will soon seem just as distant a memory. I think this one that relates to your point about the book, there will be moments in your day when you do the same things you did before the world turned upside down. Let them remind you that not everything has changed. That's so true. Not everything has changed. Not not our ability to overcome, not our love for one another, not our desire to see the world a better place. That's not gone away. No. We're no. still we're still here. We're still standing, maybe shaking a little bit, but we're still here. And we will be here. 
And at least for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, apologies, Southern Hemisphere listeners, but at least this is happening as the days are getting longer and the skies are getting brighter. And it reminds me of, I taught the first of six sessions of a volunteer orientation class on 9-11. And I remember being at work and getting the news that something happened and we all gathered in actually a patient's room. I was in a care center and watched the towers come down and I had orientation that afternoon and we all just stumbled about. And I thought, no one's going to come. And you know what, Rob, they all came. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, and we really didn't have orientation. I had one volunteer who hadn't heard from her loved one in, in New York and was worried. But we all came and we stumbled about our day doing what we normally did and and keeping track of our appointments the way we would have on, an, on, on a regular day. And we just kind of supported one another. And it, it, I'll never forget that day. It, it, it taught me so many things about resilience and about mm-hmm. community and about reaching out to one another, strangers, friends, relatives, neighbors. And so, yeah, this too shall pass and we mm-hmm. will stand. Yeah. And look at all the good it's doing already around the world. There are dolphins back swimming in the canals in Venice. Mm-hmm. Carbon dioxide levels are plunging around the world. Yeah. Um, you know, this is this is almost like us being forced to take a breath right. as, a, as a planet. And um, I'm afraid, you know, for those for those listening who who are thinking this is all very well and good, I'm afraid I'm a I'm an eternal optimist. So uh, I, I'm tending to look for the good in all situations. And um, and I, I see a lot of challenge for people, but I think there's a huge amount of opportunity, whether it's personally or professionally for a lot of us that's going to come out of this and uh, and as a society as well. And I think, you know, the, the change, it's incumbent upon us in the work that we do to make sure that that change is as positive as it possibly can be. Yeah. And to support one another because we are never in competition with one another. We are in this as a a brotherhood, a sisterhood, a team, whatever you want to call it. We're bonded together in a common goal. And there's no stronger bond than that. Yeah. And just think about how, I mean, I I don't know uh, if points of light will go ahead this year. I know the Australian conference was due to happen last year and was cancelled. We don't know if it's going to have an impact on the AVM conference this October. But if all of these things are closed, we all know when we go to these events, the buzz that we get out of being in a room full of people who, who get it, who you can say, I'm a volunteer manager too, and it means that you don't have to explain what that is for the next 20 minutes. Just think about how big that buzz is going to be when those events happen again next year and, 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 and we get to come back together as a, as a community, as a family of leaders, of volunteers for the first time after all of this. That, that, that celebration, that outpouring of celebration is going to be something that I, I, I for one, I mean, really, really looking forward to. I think it's going to be, even us reserved Brits, I think <laughs> there will be a celebration of outpouring. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you... I go to the OGM conference next year and everybody's looking miserable, I will be very disappointed. <laughs> you will be very disappointed. And, and let me tell you something. You are not a reserved brain. <laughs> I think any... I'm the exception to the rule. <laughs> you, you are definitely more along the Monty Python side. Or the... <laughs> it's the way that I walk. <laughs> yes. You are the ministry of uh, good times, I think, right there, my friend. <laughs> and and you're right. I think, you know, we our conferences are are normally and I'm 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 being snarky about, you know, time for change, time to okay. So maybe our conferences next year will be proud to be a volunteer mm-hmm. leader. Yep. Yeah, I like that. Okay, do you have any uh, final thoughts for everyone out there, <laughs> there Rob? Any, any Miss Piggy wisdoms or anything <laughs> else? I don't know that you can share. Waka, waka, waka. No, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I just, you know, I think, I think it's, um, I think we, we kind of touched on it at the start. You know, people still say that being, being a leader of volunteer engagement can be quite isolating. And, and, and it doesn't have to be because of all the technology and resources that are available to, to communicate. But but people do feel that way. And I would imagine people are feeling that even more at the moment when they're away from their work colleagues and they're away from their volunteers and the pressure of their work as the demand goes through the roof and the, and the technological tools to to facilitate that aren't necessarily at hand for them. I, I you know, I feel for everybody in our profession that's facing those um challenges at the moment and i think you know i think it's really important that everybody that's in that boat knows that the rest of us all stand with them that we are a, a you know as you said earlier on we're 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 kind of i think the term you use was a people saturated profession and that there are a lot of us who are who are you know there and ready to be a a, a lending ear and to help us all get through this and to help us all think about how we can seize the opportunities that come next, and I think that's that's really important to hold on to when everything is is getting you down, which it will be at the moment. And um, and don't be afraid to ask for that help, and don't be afraid to to talk to each other and get that support from each other. I think it's really, really, really important. And um, and everybody's doing incredibly good work in incredibly difficult situations at the moment. So you know, everybody stay safe stay healthy, and stay inside. Wise words. Uh, Are you willing to share if anybody wants to just get in contact with you, Rob, talk to you? Yeah, Yeah, Uh, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. How can can we do that? So the easiest way is just drop me an email. So my email is rob at robjacksonconsulting.com. So it's rob at robjacksonconsulting.com, partly because I know, Meridian, you have an international uh audience for this and so whilst i would love to give my phone number out i really don't want people calling me when it's their daytime and it's the middle of my night i love you all but not that much (laughs) i thought about it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and and i had i you know i put the offer out there last week that if we can make it work with time zones i am happy to do Skype calls, to do zoom calls to be available at the end of an email just to kind of there's practically probably very little that I can do. Um, you know, it's a platitude for us to say, oh, we'll do whatever we can to help um, mm-hmm. because I realize practically I probably can't. 
but but even if it's just for somebody to to vent or uh, to be connected to some resources, then anything that we can do, anything any of us could do to help each other, and I stand ready to do that just as much as I hope everybody else will be as well. Absolutely, and I will Thank put you. that put that information in the show notes so that uh, folks can and reach out to you Great. and maybe think about uh, having you come to the next conference because yeah. I've heard you speak many a times and you're inspiring. You're funny, you get it, and you have a lot of international, as you travel around, you pick up bits and pieces here and there from different countries, and so it's not all that different uh, in different countries. Yeah, we share common problems, challenges, and we share common solutions. So, Yeah. yeah, reach out to Rob, everybody. And and I would also encourage everybody as well, if you want resources on this, go and have a look at the Energize website. Um, Meridian, I'm sure you can put the link in the show notes. Um, mm-hmm. Betsy McFarland over there is doing really great work having a page where we're trying to, she's trying to pull together resources to help leaders of volunteers around coronavirus and COVID-19 globally. Toby Johnson's put some brilliant stuff out on Volunteer Pro. Uh, I'm trying to use my blog to, uh, which I publish every couple of weeks. So um, the next one will come out uh, a week on Friday just to try and help people with signposting to resources and things like that. And there are loads of other people, you know, volunteering Australia and the state peaks across uh, Australia and volunteering New Zealand and mm-hmm. uh, all the different organisations in the UK and across Europe are putting out brilliant stuff. So um you know, go and look at those resources. You don't have to do what you're doing at the moment on your own. There are people out there that have got some brilliant advice and tips and stuff to help you. Wise words. Yes, I'll I'll try and put as many resources in the show notes as I can. Thank you for, for offering that and saying that, Rob. Okay, well, um, be well, be safe, be inside, be watching The Muppet Show and... <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it else, or Monty Python maybe, but whatever else makes you makes you feel a little bit normal and a little bit comforted during during tough times. Yeah, yeah, and same to everybody else out there, and we'll hope to see you all again very soon. <laughs>